Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, which is in, <laughs> which has a lot of controversy lately, but that's okay, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, <laughs> Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Of course, we won't get into Spotify. I'm just happy to be on it. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to this show. It's great to be back on board with you once again today. Notice the show is released on Wednesday this week, Wednesday, with a different schedule, having to go into work early certain days. So it's just an odd week, uh, special meetings at work that I'm attending. So it's good for it's good for the resume, I guess. It's one of those type of things. So luckily able to make adjustments, this and that. Uh, and I appreciate my wife as well for that. Um, so Minnesota Wild played one game and have three games coming up. The schedule's just going to start getting busy now. This time I mean it. This time I mean it. It's like every week. Oh, show, it's going to start getting busy. Oh, wait, no, it's the All-Star break. No. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then you wait after the All-Star break, you know, a little bit again. So just one game to review, and it wasn't much to, to talk about. In fact, it was like, yeah, it was like Ghostbusters 2 on the NES. Like, not the worst thing you ever saw, but it just wasn't good either. It's very uh, underwhelming, to say the least. Two to nothing in Winnipeg. They're not that good. Like, they just won. They're just two games above 500 with that win. Wild's still above 17 with the loss. Uh, Jets are not that good. And I don't know. Obviously, they have familiar faces, this and that. Uh, Wild have had massive success against them lately. But you knew it had to end at some point. I guess it might as well end on this night. Kapokakinen, I thought, was easily the best player on the ice. Again, a 2 to nothing loss. Marcus Foligno lost his composure a bit. Obviously, he got in the fight early on. Wound up with a total of... Uh, 12 penalty minutes, didn't get kicked out or anything, but he might end up getting suspended. I ended up fighting Lowry twice. It was the second time he put his knee on Lowry's face, which is a little bit harsh. Uh, like, what are you doing? Uh, that's going a little overboard and caught ca- talk as he may get suspended for a game. We'll see. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want a knee on my face, like even like like a little person like my wife or something, much less Marcus Valino. Knee on the face, really. And on the ice, too. That's a little bit of a crazy situation. Uh, going on there. Just, it just wouldn't end. The fight wouldn't end. He wouldn't let it go. Uh, him being Marcus Foligno and yikes. I don't know, man. Uh, Kapokakinen made the stops that you want a playoff level starting goaltender to make. I'm, and that and that's a fact. Like all the time we did, used to say that about Devin Dubnik years ago and yes, I'm going to bring it up again. Those are saves you have to make. You know, where it's like ah, you know, like a like sure we lost 4-2 to two to St. Louis or 4-1 to one to St. Louis or something in, game, in a game where we had like 40 shots on net, but they were all from, you know, way up there. They, were, they weren't they were high danger uh, shots. That's pretty much what today's game was. A lot of people compared it to the uh, St. Louis Blues playoff game back when Mike Yo was their coach. And it was game one where the Wild put up like 48 shots, but they were all from, you know, way up there. So, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> they were all from far away. Not really good shots. And, of course, uh, easy for the goalie to see the puck coming. Those type of situations. There were a few shots close, but they weren't that. They weren't all that scary. Uh, I thought the scariest one was probably Jared Spurgeon, and I believe Deheim hit the post as well at one point. He had an opportunity uh, on, on a backhand. Uh, Spurgeon though was one on one with uh, Hellebuck, 
Thank you. Again, delivery from, special delivery from, <laughs> at the time, his line mate, uh, John Merrill, with a nice uh, place of the, placing on the puck. Would have been a good assist. Uh, Spurgeon one-on-one -on -one with the wrister, and Hellebuck was able to get the stop, able to raise his pad enough to knock the puck away, unfortunately. Stick side, but uh, it, it is what it is. It's just, that, that was kind of the night in a lot of ways. The Wild just kept losing battles. They kept turning the puck over. Any opportunities we'd have, next thing you know, the Jets had the puck. You know, again, turnovers, and the, again, just the Jets outworked the Wild throughout the game. They had more energy. The Wild were just kind of like still on vacation, as some people would say, in the Twitter. Of course, that's going to be a main theme of today's show, as this show, again, again, is going to keep evolving week to week because of uh, schedules and this and that. Obviously, schedules like in the NHL now. I don't think work schedule is going to affect the show again during this season. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think so. Um and that's good. We'll see. You never know what comes up in this world with with life and this and that. So I almost wasn't even going to do it because of other things going on. But it is what it is. Um, and this would have been a semi-okay week to do it because there haven't been many games. But there's always a lot to talk about one way or another. And generally speaking, this game, not uh, definitely not a highlight of this episode. <laughs> that's for damn sure. 2 nothing shutout to the hands of Hellebuck, whose goals against average was up to three range. But he does get a couple shutouts uh, here, here and there. This was his 27th career shutout and his third of the season. The Wild finally got their first shutout last game with uh, Cam Talbot. So, kind of funny. Uh, Cam Talbot getting his first shutout. Capo Kaklin, who's actually been the better goalie most of the season. Most of the season. Certainly not at the beginning. Um, has a significantly better goals against average. And again, officially only giving up one goal in this game. It was an empty netter by Scheifel. And then the second goal, which would have been Scheifel to Stasny. Stasny had already crossed the line before the puck had crossed, and, well, that's it. I mean, sorry. That, so it wasn't going to be a 3 nothing. It wasn't going to be a second empty netter. Sorry, Stasny. That's just how that goes. Uh, Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti had a few chances in the game. Good for him, I guess. But they actually weren't counted as shots on goal because they were deflected and knocked away and such. But he would have opportunities. Again, that didn't yeah, turn into anything. Um, the face-off situation, holy mother of Rick and Moses. I mean, again, puck possession. I mean, it's just, you you almost just have to look at the face-off line here, the face-off statistics, so to speak, to tell you the Wild didn't win the game. <laughs> Ryan Hartman, three, three wins, 11 losses. Jules Eriksson, three wins, uh, 14 losses. Those are your top two centers. Uh, Nico Sturb, two wins, four losses. I mean, just plain and simple. First grade hockey here, the Winnipeg Jets had the puck a lot more than the Wild. It's just that simple. I mean, puck possession counts in this league. And, well, that's why the Wild, that's a huge reason why the Wild lost the game. Again, losing battles and a lot of the attempts, just they just weren't scary. They weren't dangerous. They were way up there, so in the high slot. So it doesn't make you feel a whole too excited at the end of the day. Um, just, woohoo. <laughs> the high slot, even way up into the flank. In a lot of ways, uh, way up there though, like in the high flank, there's nothing that special. They were on net and stuff and stuff, but not enough of them were on net. That was another problem. <laughs> Hellebuck just did not face a whole lot. 27 total shots. Again, uh, Kapokakinen made a lot of saves that were, you know, the kind of saves that you need uh, for a goaltender in the postseason. Stopping Scheibel on a breakaway attempt. I mean, Scheibel had a great game, to be quite fair. Uh, he, he truly did. Um, and again, multiple stops along the way that kept the Wild in the game all the way up to the bitter end before Capo Kakinen came out. Again, Capo uh, Kakinen, I think, is a better way to say it. But uh, the Wild with the extra attacker, it's like, here we go. We are we are invincible with the extra attacker. And then, of course, yeah. And then this time, it just, it just flat out wasn't our night. When the, <laughs> you didn't see the extra attacker situation turn into something, the Wild were hardly able to muster anything. And Winnipeg was, again, dominating the puck the whole time. It seemed like the whole time we were trying to stop Winnipeg from scoring an empty net uh, goal. That's what it felt like, more than anything. Five players out playing six. It's just like, ugh, come on, man. Along with, uh, yeah, Winnipeg being short-handed on their goal in the game. Again, who, who scored it? Who scored the goal? Scheifel. Yeah, Scheifel. He only has 11 goals. It felt like he must have, like, 40 or something. He had an amazing night. Uh, Nate Schmidt actually was the guy that scored the the uh, empty netter. I apologize. I'm getting him mixed up with Scheifel because there was Scheifel nonstop here. Again, he was the best player, I would say, other than Connor uh, Hellebuck for your Winnipeg Jets. Your Winnipeg Jets. With that said, again, the Felino situation, that was ridiculous. He went way overboard. I understand the frustration, this and that, but 
settle down. You know, that was a little crazy, unnecessary, this and that. It's disappointing to see that kind of thing happen at the end of the day. Um, I'll get to some notes here during the course of the week, this and that. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, despite not scoring any points, of course, he's still on base for 103, so that's Kaprizov 100-point watch. Uh, the Grease Line still has not given up a uh, regular season goal this season when they're all on the ice together. Uh, so that's always awesome. Boldy now at 11 games and 10 points, so he's not at a point a game anymore, but uh, I think it's going to come right back. I got a feeling. Kevin Fiala's 12-game point streak ends, unfortunately, but he's still on pace for career high in points at 25 goals, 41 assists, which would equal 66 points despite the slow start to the season. There was a, Obviously, there's a funny commercial. A lot of you have seen it. Most of you have seen it that actually watched the Wild. I figure I'll just comment on it real quick before I pass out the award. Uh, the award and demerit for this episode. <laughs> it's a one-game review deal. Uh, funny commercial where it's making fun of Cap- how Kaprizov and Zuccarello keep passing a coffee cup back and forth to each other, kind of like in the NHL. They make these great plays to each other, you know, and he scores and this and that. Uh, they, they make these nice nifty passes back to each other. And then Hartman comes up the middle and takes the coffee cup, uh, or he pours it. He takes it, pours the coffee, shakes his head, and drinks it. He scored. Yeah, that's when Ryan Hartman gets a goal from one of the two. He ends up taking the puck and scoring that, basically, in a way. And then they started up again. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So it's just making fun of the whole situation where it's Zuccarello to Kaprizov. Kaprizov to Zuccarello. Kaprizov, da 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 Oh, Hartman scores. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, Hartman with uh, 18 goals on the season still. Kaprizov with 19 still. Dag nabbit. But every one of them on pace for career highs, of course. Kaprizov second season in the NHL on pace for 103, so on and so forth. Hartman is going to shatter every record of his uh, career as uh, as long as he's able to be out there on the ice and continue to contribute the way he has, anything close to it. And Zuccarello on pace for a career high despite a very illustrious career and getting to a cup final and a conference final and this and that with the New York Rangers. (laughs) So, pretty cool. With that said, the award for this uh, episode, the Mike Madonna Award, has to go to uh, Kapo Kakinen. He was by far the best player, I think. It, it, it wasn't even close. All the skaters were just kind of meh. Other, certain players played fine, like John Merrill was okay, this and that. But again, just they just kept losing battles. They being the wild. Time and time and time again. They, like all of them. They just kept losing battles. Uh, Greenway getting frustrated at times as well. Understood, Understandable, this and that. Uh, cheap hits from Winnipeg. Um... But that's kind of how this rivalry is becoming. It's just, it's kind of like Vancouver back, way back in the early, early 2000s with the, you know, the Jim Dowds, the Wes Walls, you know, when, when they were our main players way back in the day. Marion Gabrick, of course. <laughs> Matt Johnson, all of them uh, battling with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. That's kind of what this team is right now. And they've been that for, for a while, obviously. It's, it's, a, it's a team that can score goals, but a team that can, that can mix it up this and that. Uh, and sometimes their goalie is fantastic, and sometimes he's not. <laughs> Sounds familiar with the Vancouver Canucks over the years. <laughs> but uh, Kapo Kakinen is your Mike Madonna Award winner. I believe that's at least his second this season. And the James Shepard Memorial should be obvious. I think it's Marcus Foligno, the way he lost it, basically. And he may wind up getting himself suspended. That that doesn't look good. That's, that's not good leadership. Um, standing up for people and this and that is one thing. But just kind of losing your composure is not the best. So if he ends up getting suspended, that's a little blemish on the record there. Uh, I've, I haven't lost respect for him at all. Just <laughs> hopefully this is the hopefully this is the last time he does something like that. At the end of the day. With that said, we will take a quick break and come back for segment number two, where we will preview three games, talk about the prospects a bit, and segment number three, of course, the fun, wonderful fan interaction segment. games, we'll be playing the Carolina Hurricanes, so another extended break here. Three days off. We needed it, boy. We needed those three days off. I mean, we had, what, five days off 
this and that, except for certain players, of course, Kaprizov and Talbot, good for them that they get to rest. And Talbot didn't play yesterday either, and well, it wasn't Kakinen's fault, let me tell you. Carolina Hurricanes, one of the best teams in the league in the Eastern Conference. We haven't played them in years. We haven't played Detroit in years. So let's go. It's going to be fun to see them again. Definitely appreciate that. And, of course, the Canadian teams we hadn't seen in forever. Didn't really miss Winnipeg that much, even though it's a fun rivalry. They're, they're, they are what they are. They are rivals. Uh, February the 12th, Saturday, against the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Uh, we were going to play them. I remember previewing the game earlier in the year, and the game was postponed. Fantastic. We play them again on April 2nd, Saturday, April 2nd. So it's going to be Saturdays, <laughs> both of them in Carolina in this game. Well, the next game's in Carolina. The Saturday, Saturday coming up is in Excellent Energy Center. 32-year anniversary. No, 31 am I talking about? Uh, this would be the 15th anniversary. Wow, <laughs> when my, my favorite cat was put to sleep. On April 2nd, 2007. So, remembering her on that day. We'll move on. I apologize for getting a little weird here. Carolina has lost two games in a row as of right now. Wild have lost one in a row after a wonderful winning streak there. Was it uh, six games? Carolina had won three in a row. And now have lost two in a row. They beat Ottawa like everyone else. Three to two. Beat New Jersey two to one. Beat San Jose two to one. Lost to Toronto four to three. Lost to Ottawa in Ottawa four to three. Lost both of the Canadian games in Canada, of course. 4-3, to three. so, well, they shut people down in three games and got beat pretty, you know, they gave up four goals in the last two. Interesting. <laughs> well, Carolina is ninth in the league in goals, third in goals against, so that's really nice. Only 106 goals given up, and ninth in goals total, sixth in assists, uh, power play is 10th. Penalty, penalty kill, anyway, is number one in the National Hockey League at 88.4%. We're going against the best penalty kill in the league with our 19th ranked power play. Wahoo. Well, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Smells like a win, I hope. It, it better. And, well, I mean, the Wild are obviously still a very good hockey team. We've lost only one more game than Carolina. We're actually not far behind the first place in the Metropolitan Division, Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, tons of talent there. Kind of a balanced attack. And Frederick Anderson, since leaving Toronto, has just been freaking awesome for the uh Carolina Hurricanes and Anti-Ranta, again, and it's the players in front of these guys as well that helps. It's a combination. I mean, they're good goalies, except for poor Jack LaFontaine. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Anti-Ranta, obviously formerly of the New York Rangers and the uh, Arizona Coyotes, 2.39 goals against average, almost almost 91%, and he has a shutout on the season. But Frederick Anderson, 2.18 goals against average, almost 93% save percentage with one only one shutout. Again, very consistent in that, giving up very few goals. One one or two goals, maybe three, once in a blue moon. 24-6 and six is in uh, Frederick Anderson. Anti-Renta, also 6-3 and three on the season. Jack LaFontaine, the former Golden Gopher, unfortunately dragged out of the... Uh, College, according to him, obviously. Well, well, no, he obviously wanted to to leave, too. Yeah, it's not like Carolina kidnapped him. Uh, well, he got to be in two NHL games. He got to start one, and he's given up nine goals. 7.2 goals against average. Save percentage under 80. Oof. Yep, that sucks. Hopefully he uh, will fare better in future opportunities. We'll see what happens. But he's in the AHL now, and good luck to you, Jack. It's, uh, hit the road, Jack, I guess, unfortunately. And I hate saying that because I liked him as a gopher. Seth Jarvis, one of those up-and-coming youngsters, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> 18 points in 35 games. Sebastian Ahu with, uh, okay, I know, with 46 points in 41 games. He's been great. 19 goals. He's their best player. No question about it. Uh, Terevenen has been solid. Not as dominant as the past seasons, but still hanging in there. 32 points. Only 11 goals on the season. Brinton Trocek, one of the better Florida Panthers in the past winding up with Carolina, and of course the situation there, the trades and such, uh, 31 points in 44 games. Former Minnesota Wild left winger Nino Niederreiter, who played on the right side a lot because of the situations and such, because everybody shoots left, just some some guys have to play right because somebody has to, come on. Dude, somebody has to, get, just get over there, okay? <laughs> Sorry. 14 goals in the season, 23 total points in 38 games. He's, you know, he's what he is, he's a 40 or 50 point guy, 50 points when he's playing well, 40 points when he's just okay. <laughs> That's kind of what he is. Um, was it a great trade? No. Um, what more is there to say about it? Life goes on. I mean, they, we did not give up the next, you know, Yari Curry 
or <laughs> or somebody like that. <laughs> so it's not the end of the world. He just had one really good season, him being Nino Niederreiter in Carolina. A lot of us should be over that by now, and I certainly am. Guys had to leave that locker room. It just wasn't working. It uh, Something rooted here was not working. <laughs> I think we've said that a million times. It didn't work yesterday either, though. It just didn't. It just didn't work yesterday at all. Carolina Hurricanes in Excel Energy Center. I'd like to believe the Wild come out with a 2-1, to one, something like that type of win. That'd be cool. Uh, I believe... Ta Why am I thinking of Talbot having a good game against Carolina? He couldn't have. No, he couldn't have. He wasn't on the Wild last time he played Carolina. Was he? No, he, he couldn't have been because he was just here last year. Um, yeah, that was Arizona. Yeah, completely different situation there. Arizona and Carolina. <laughs> you just go to the desert and uh, hang out with coyotes way off in the distance howling, and that was about it. Where the hurricanes, you get uh, blown over, possibly. I think, I hope this doesn't turn into some kind of a negative situation here. I, I really hope not. I'd like to believe the Wild can kind of get things heading in a, in a better direction very quickly. It was just a one crappy little game. It's not against the law to lose two games in a row either. Mm. I don't like the way this team has fared against Carolina in the past. Uh, I, yeah, I got a crappy feeling. 3-2 to two loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. Got a crappy feeling. I'm sorry. Hopefully I'm wrong, and I've been wrong before. 3-2 to two loss to Carolina. Uh, most likely guy to score in the game is going to be Kevin Fiala against the Hurricanes, but a 3-2 to two loss to the Hurricanes. I think I made my point enough. Humanly possible. Then we get to play the Detroit Red Wings. It's been it's been eons. You know, it's been forever. See, there there's good news coming up. Don't worry. And Detroit has improved, but I love the Wild's chances against this club. Dylan Larkin would be like a dream come true if he was center for the Minnesota Wild. Also had a Detroit game postponed earlier in the season. Happy Valentine's Day with those nice red <laughs> those nice red jerseys, I guess, with Detroit. Even though they'll be wearing white, but it'll be white and red. That's Valentine's colors, I guess you could say. <laughs> Isn't that cute, right? Pass around your carnations, your roses, and um, you know, bring the bring the sweetheart to the game if you're able to on Feb 14 and celebrate a victory for Minnesota, four to two. Minnesota will beat Detroit four to two. Would love to have Dylan Larkin on the Wild. Detroit is 20th in goals, 28th in goals against. Yeah, they give up goals. They just do 21st in assists, 26th power play. Pardon me. And the penalty kills 20 seconds, so we're actually ahead in like every single stat except penalty minutes. Thank you, Marcus Foligno and other guys that have been racking them up. 28th in the league in Minnesota. 25th for Detroit, who is, you know, obviously again, mediocre. They're kind of a loss-win-loss-win situation right now in Detroit. 8-5 to five demolition loss to the Blackhawks. What the heck happened there? <laughs> is What the heck? Yeah, it's funny how the yeah, Chicago, I mean, poor poor Marc-Andre Fleury still gave up five goals because it's just a lifeless team. Yeah, they're done. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, they beat the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Okay, all right. That's uh, that's sports for you. Three to two win for the uh, the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Toronto, three, seven to four. Embarrassment. Again, what the heck is going on? What what what, what is that all about? Seven to four loss to Toronto. Two to one win versus Anaheim. Okay, <laughs> okay, and then a 5-3 to three loss to Los Angeles. It's like, okay, we're going to play some defense, we're going to be solid, and we're going to give up seven goals the next game, and we'll give up eight goals this game, and we'll give up five in this one. What's going on, Detroit? What's going on? That's kind of like the Wild a couple of years back. Must have been Darcy Kemper in that. Sorry, I had to do it. Nicholas Letty, Nick Letty, upper body injury, left the game on Jan 31st. Nick Letty, yeah, yeah, we know who he is. Carter Rowney, undisclosed injury as of Jan 13. Riley Barber, undisclosed injury, Jan 13th. So some mysteries going on on the 13th. Ooh. <laughs> but the Minnesota Wild will win the game. What more is there to say? It's time for Ryan Hartman to score his 19th goal of the season. Ryan Hartman will factor in the scoring. It's just kind of fun to kind of, you know, play around with that. Ryan Hartman will score his 19th goal of the season. I didn't talk about the injuries for Carolina. Yeah, oh yeah, there are some serious, some some significant ones. Jesperi Kotakami, uh, COVID protocol as of uh, February 6th, so odds are he won't play, but then again, I guess the, the rules change so much, I don't know anymore. Trevo Terevenin, of course, very significant guy, and he's been banged up off and on this season, just little injuries undisclosed as of Jan 29th, so he's been missing in action, unfortunately. And Jake Gardiner with the back as of 
September 21st, way back in the day, I guess. Uh, let's keep moving if humanly possible. The Wild will play the Winnipeg Jets again. In Winnipeg, again, the Wild do not lose twice in a row to the Winnipeg Jets. No, the Wild will not lose twice in a row to the Winnipeg Jets. This is the rubber match. Minnesota is up two games to one in the series. It's with uh, We've had multiple games postponed in this series, which is annoying. So there's like six possible games there because of two postponements. It's just funny. But uh, we'll finally wrap this series up on Feb 16th. I think the Wild win the series three games to one. Winnipeg Jets have been all over the place. They've been disappointing. Two and three in their last five. They lost to Florida five to three. Lost to Vancouver five to one. Beat St. Louis four to one. I mean, again, wrap your head around that one. How much better St. Louis is than uh, Vancouver? But Florida's like the best team in the league right now. We'll see if that continues for Andrew Burdette and Co. in in uh, May and June. Philadelphia Flyers, they lost to the Flyers. Wow, because Philadelphia is finally playing a little better, a lot like Edmonton right now. They're playing way better, except last night when Vegas slammed the door on them, literally. Uh, Minnesota, of course, they beat us on Feb the 8th, much to our chagrin. Minnesota comes out firing and wins the game 5-3. Not, not a pretty night, but it's going to be a similar Winnipeg type of game, a 5-3 victory. Multiple goals for Kirill Kaprizov in this game. Multiple goals for, for Kirill Kaprizov. Definitely a multi-point type of game. Um, I'm going to go with Matt Boldy versus Detroit. Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy. And I think Hartman's going to score too. I think it's going to be both of them. What the heck? But Matt Boldy's going to factor in the scoring in one of these. I think Kirill Kaprizov, though, will get multiple goals in this game and a 5-3 to three victory over the Winnipeg Jets in a back-and-forth battle. Penalty minutes and this and that. Minnesota does win the game. Pierre-Luc Dubois. COVID protocol as of Jan, uh, February 7th. Neil Punk, Punk, Jan, uh, Feb 7th, COVID protocol. Augustine, <laughs> no, Austin Pekanowski, COVID protocol, February the 7th. So, well, well, you know, it is what it is. Felino had returned from an upper body injury. He had literally just returned, and now he's trying to cause an upper body injury on somebody named Mr. Lowry there. Unfortunately, trying to cause a very serious upper body injury, I think. Just maybe. Yeah, it's true. Why is my computer popping all this stuff up? Stop it. Every time I touch my mouse, there must be some kind of weird malfunction in this thing. It's annoying as hell. It didn't used to do that. But with that said, Minnesota goes 2-1 and one in this upcoming week. So let's try to march over to Iowa, where Marco Rossi most recently had a multi-point game. Mason Shaw... Continues to play excellent. Multi-point game as well. Adam Beckman chips and assists here and there. 22 points in 36 games for him. Mason Shaw now at 28 points. And again, remember, he's only 22 years of age. You never know. He still might live the NHL dream. And of course, he has skated for Minnesota in a couple games already. As is Marco Razio, I think, has a wonderful future in the NHL offensively and defensively. Still over a point a game in the AHL. It's plain as day. He's professional material one way or another. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's plain as day. At an age of 19, Marco Rossi with 34 total points, leading the club in scoring. And it shouldn't surprise too many people, even though it's still nice to look at. Uh, Kalen Edison, again, more assists along the way now at 13 total assists for 15 points in 22 games. Kalen Edison, again, showing more and more that he's knocking on the door of the NHL. At least I would hope so. Now opportunity needs to knock. We'll see if opportunity shows up. Uh, Mitchell Chaffee, he had the hat trick last week. Not at, not this week, but again, continuing to play freaking great. He's He's been a factor in multiple games in a row here. He's been on a nice point streak. He's got eight total goals in 18 games, 13 points. He's only 23. He's one of those undrafted guys, but you never know. He's, he might be one of those fringe, fourth-line type of guys. And it's not like Connor DeWeer is blowing anybody's stocks off. So, you just never know. Uh, but they seem pretty happy with him so far. And it's not like Connor DeWeer is screwing anything up either and getting his ass kicked. Uh, Brandon DeHame continues to be weird and awkward out there. But obviously, the skill and the talent is there. I do think Brandon DeHame stays in the NHL for many years. It's, it's just still, yeah. <laughs> There's some weird, awkward moments. He's a little... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just... <laughs> I don't know. He's just uh, he's just a little bit odd out there. At times his skating sometimes is good, and sometimes it's like, what just happened? Uh, I don't know what to make of Connor DeWeer at times, but I'm st I'm still a fan, believe it or not. Yes. <laughs> Zane McIntyre continues to be a nice goaltender for Iowa, and Andrew Hammond, again, very strong as well. 2.29 goals against average for Andrew Hammond. When he's in net, Iowa's in good shape. Same with Zane McIntyre. 
most recently a 4-1 win, and again, multi-points for Rossi Shaw, and of course, uh, Mitchell Stavry factoring again and again and again. Hunter Jones is now in the ECHL. i got to back this up here. I apologize. Hunter Jones is, is down in the ECHL, and finally, <laughs> they finally have been playing a lot better, so I'm very happy for him in a lot of ways. I ought to just fix this here. I, I apologize. Hunter Jones obviously had been doing pretty well in the uh, AHL, less than three uh, goals against. Now he got his goals against average under four for an Iowa Heartlanders team, which had been horrible. Uh, obviously, again, some, it's not the goalie that sucks. It's the players in front that haven't been playing well. Uh, there's Chris Bennett, Jack Billings, and everyone else pretty much in, in, in Iowa, well, with the Iowa Heartlanders. I can't just say in Iowa. Uh, the rest of the guys have been just mediocre, but again, to their credit, they have played significantly better the last three weeks approximately. Uh, Kozlowski, again, goals against average, mediocre at best. But Hunter Jones, again, uh, only gave up one goal most recently to drop his goals against average, just 3.83. Wahoo. Uh, Derek Barabo has been, uh, got, got crushed in the one game. He was uh, down there, and he's there right now, unfortunately for him. Is that where they have Zayn McIntyre up in the AHL? So Derek Barabo is kind of like sacrificial lamb down there in the ECHL. Hopefully Jones and Barabo can hold things up. And again, yeah, that, that's why I didn't talk about goalies <laughs> the last, uh, when uh, Derek Felska, the, on the last show, when Derek Felska brought up about what position do we really need to focus on in the draft. Yeah, goalies, I think we're full. And that's again why, what's a, uh, that's why my, my favorite guy, <laughs> Lindbergh, took off last year. He's like, For, forget it. You, you just took uh, <laughs> Jesper. So, I mean, it, it, Jesper Wallstead. So it kind of is what it is. I, I give up. I'm going to go somewhere else. Let me go as a free agent. Thank you very much. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he's she's been factoring okay in the Pittsburgh organization thus far. Him being Philip Lindbergh, of course. Um, yep, yeah, I mean, because Hunt, Hunter Jones was taken relatively high. I mean, we, we want to have, we want to believe there's something there. Kapo Kakanen looks like a starter. Jasper Wallstead has star potential. Those are the two guys I think that'll be a net for Minnesota long-term, unless we trade Kakanen. I'm in no rush to do that. And, of course, Cam Tobot is the here and now. Maybe he'll be the guy holding up the Stanley Cup in June. He may be with Kapo Kakanen. Kapo Kapo, I, I forgot. Yeah, Kakanen's pronounced correctly. Kapo, it seems like it goes all over the place. Um, don't be surprised if the Wild make a trade here in the next few weeks with one of these prospects, but We'll see. Um, again, we're not going to give up the farm, but somebody's probably going to get traded. Don't be surprised if Hunter Jones actually gets included in one of the trades. I wouldn't be surprised. I bet he's frustrated as all get out right now. And I'm sure there's people out there that are like, yeah, there's there's something there. And I would hope Garen uh, won't just give him away either at the same time. Jack McBain has been in the Olympics now. Good luck to him. Stuck at the 24 because he's busy. Big, big Jack McBain, tall guy, of course. Alexander Hovinov is what he is. Had nine point, had nine games with three points in the AHL. He had six points in the ECHL in eight games. Hovinov kind of been back and forth with the two Iowa clubs. <laughs> Unfortunately for him. Uh, Connor DeWer, who is a prospect, of course. Four points in 14 games so far. So at least he's factored in some of the scoring in Minnesota. He's not completely invisible. Uh, obviously, Connor DeWer, Everett Silvertips. We've had a few guys come from there in the past, if I remember correctly. Sam Hench is also in the uh, Olympics. Nice, uh, nice, nice senior season so far for St. Cloud. Again, 13 points in 11 games. He'd missed a few, quite a few games early in the season. Jack Pert had made a, missed a few weeks. But obviously, tons of potential there. Now at 20 games uh, with 14 points total. Jack Pert, obviously, tons and tons and tons of potential going forward uh, in the college rankings and such going into the NHL. Apologize if I bounce around a little bit. Bryce Misley still in the uh, yeah. Bryce Misley was able to get his second goal in the AHL, so good for him. Most recently, uh, this I believe yes, this was the most recent game, the Porto one victory. Uh, nice, nice, a nice job there. Second goal in eleven games, no assists so far, but at least scoring a little bit in the AHL. I, I'm rooting for you, Bryce. I am. So <laughs> go get the go get him. Uh, yeah, we, we don't talk about the Johansons anymore. They're, like, what's the point? Damien Giroux has been invisible in Iowa. Sean Budrius, you know, we signed him as a free agent and then he left again. So it's just kind of like, mm, I, I don't know what to make of Budrius. And it, it is what it is. He's probably not an NHL guy. Continuing in college, Nikito Nestorenko, now with 20 points in 
uh, for, for Boston College. Of course, only five of those are goals. He's been playmaking 15 assists, career high already, of course. <laughs> career high in penalty minutes as well in 27 games. 20 points, 20 games thus far for Nikita. Marshall Warren now at 15 points in 27 games. Plus minus is much lower than it's been. And of course, Boston College has not been as good as they were a national power two years ago and one year ago, for sure. But now got knocked out in the tournament. And of course, players leave. Like, it doesn't help when Matt Boldy leaves. Doesn't help. He was a star there after a slow start in his freshman season. Marshall Warren, though, still, you know, still solid. There's definitely potential there. He's a good skater, this and that, and he's got a strong shot, despite he's more of a stay-at-home type of guy, but he can factor in at times. First off, it's just, you know, he's, he's picked it up a bit now, nine goals and eight assists, 17 total points in 25 games, so nice to see something going there. Again, he'd been off injured, but he looks like this year he's been healthier, though, thankfully. But the first two years of his uh, collegiate career seemed like just off injured, off injured. It was driving me nuts and other people as well. All the big shots taken by uh, Bill Guerin. Obviously, Marco Rossi, we talked about him. Who's Nadinov? 32. Yeah, who's Nadinov stuck in the same because he's in the Olympics now? Ryan O'Rourke uh, as well. 29 points in 33 games. Olympics for Canada. No surprise there. Damon Hunt, 23 points in 31 games. I believe he's also in the Olympics. Pavel Novak, same thing. He has absolutely dominated though uh, this season in the WHL with 48 points. He had a four-point week, actually. Uh, actually, he's not in the Olympics. Pardon me. He had a four-point week this past week in the WHL. Great job, though, Pavel Novak in the WHL thus far with for the Kelowna Rockets this season. Strong run for him. Arts and Lambos, it's kind of all the same, 22 and 21, yep. Talked about Jack Pert already. Jasper Wallstedt, yep, similar again, yep. <laughs> similar to last week, yep, uh, less than two goals a game. 11-9 uh, record, been wonderful. Katie and Bancure with 36 points in 43 games thus far, 14 of them goals. Up oh, and the coffee makers talking to me again. Kyle Most is career high, but it took 46 games to get there. Versus last year, only 20 games, 10, 10 points. That's kind of funny. And Josh Pilar finally skates for the Saskatoon Blades. Yes, sir. One game, two penalty minutes, and it was a minus one. Crap. Well, that sucks. <laughs> but he finally skated for the Saskatoon Blades. It took, like, eons. But he finally got to skate for the Saskatoon Blades. Josh Pilar... Nate Benoit stuck at six points. He didn't, he didn't continue a point-a-week streak here. Point-a-week streak rolls right off your tongue. But he is at plus 12 on the season in 36 total games, six total points, only one of them goals. Good for you, Nate Benoit, though. <laughs> it had been a point-a-week for a little while. I like to have fun with that type of deal. With that, we'll take a quick break, and it's time for fan interaction. Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Time to get to that Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Let's get to the Vigit application super quick here. V-I-G-I-T, it's two separate words. Android and Apple devices, of course. It is basically fantasy betting. It's an application, like I just said, or app. Because I keep saying application, people are like, what's that? It's the same thing as an app. It's just actually saying the word. Yeah. Anyhow, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats. There's great information available on the Vigit Lightline movement where the public is betting. Again, this is not real money wagering, but to put me as a referral, Paladino Live is one word, and that will be in the show description. It will help the show. So thank you for that in advance if you will be doing that. <laughs> Seeing some weird thing trend on Twitter, it's, I'm not even not even touching it. Just serious, seriously. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing, Crypto.com. Let's trade some cryptocurrencies. They've been moving up lately. It's been nice. Shiba. That's one. That one's been pretty profitable lately. Shiba. S H I B. That's the uh, symbol, as they call it. Just like a stock. 
like BSC, uh, BSX versus Boston Scientific on the stock market. But yeah, crypto.com. It's an application or app. I keep saying application, app. It's an app since I'm not cool enough, right? <laughs> I'm not cool enough to, yeah, abbreviate everything. Um, Apple and Android, this and that. There is a link in the show description. All you have to do is click on that. It'll show that I referred you. You sign up and rock and roll. So that'd be great. Again, it's in the podcast feed in the show description. You know, the show description in the podcast feed anyway would be nice. And yeah, jump on board and let's trade some Shib. Shib, S-H-I-B or Shiba. It's It's been trending upward. Bitcoin's trending up. Dogecoin's trending up. It can go on forever. Doge Alon's all over the place. That one's interesting. I guess that one's a good one to just kind of trade back and forth down up up down that kind of nonsense which can be quite profitable as well in the stock market or in uh, cryptocurrency it's it's similar why does this do this i just move the thing i swear it's broken i swear it is it's making me mad okay i don't want even want to be in that section hashtag btwmn hashtag btwmn is where you want to be and of course all i have to do is click the latest button to get things in numerical order chronological order and the mouse is doing it again. Yeah, it's the mouse. It's not the computer. I think the little wheel's damaged because every time I touch it, it acts like I pressed on it. And ugh, stupid. Um, let's see if I can get some of this. So we got to go down a little bit here, which is totally fine. That means there's a good number of uh, questions. Here we are. Derek Felska says, "Do you have a question?" On your mind, as the team rolls out of the NHL All-Star break, ask Brave the Wild Tiger questions, hashtag BDWMN, and ask as many questions as you wish. And yes, please do. Thank you, those of you that did. Thank you very much. And a number of you retweeted. Thank you. Uh, again, thank you always, Derek, for putting that out there. It's so nice. Uh, Derek says, with the Philadelphia Flyers in tire fire mode again, again, right? Yep. How much longer do you think GM Chuck Fletcher and head coach Mike Yo will still be employed with the club? Probably the way things are heading... <clears throat> months, months. Yeah, not years, months, unfortunately. Probably at the end of the year, I would not be surprised because this is Philadelphia. They made a mistake. They bleeped up by, and I didn't even click like on that. Sorry about that. Uh, they bleeped up. Ron Hextel had things going in the right direction. It just wasn't pretty today, but it was like pretty the next day. And, oh, look at Chuck Fletcher. No, don't look at Chuck Fletcher. It was it was Ron Hextall. <laughs> it was Ron Hextall, believe me. <laughs> Um, oh, here we go. Yep, and I, yep, I mean, I, yeah, it truly was. Ron Hextall did a good job, and it's just changed, it changed everything when Chuck Fletcher went there. Uh, Chuck Fletcher at Philadelphia just doesn't sound like a match, does it? Kind of like Jim Harbaugh in Minnesota, I guess, because here we're just, like, too sensitive about every little thing, and Jim Harbaugh isn't. <laughs> Let's move on. Hopefully Kevin O'Connell works out nicely. Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast. See what I did there? Huh? Huh? Okay. I'll shut up about that. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Yes, you can just tell I'm smiling, can't you? 1988, baby. <laughs> my favorite year of my whole life. Uh, hopefully there's better years coming, but 19, I can't imagine. Yeah, 1988 was, it holds a special place in my heart forever. It was just a wonderful year uh, all around. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest was an underappreciated NES game in its, in its day for its music. Yes, and open world concept. Which current or past Minnesota Wild player do you think was also underappreciated and people learn just how special they are? Mm. Well, there are a few I could name, and I'm going way back to the beginning. And yes, Castlevania 2, yeah, the music and the graphics were awesome. The gameplay was a little, uh, the, yeah, like side-scrolling. Uh, obviously, it's pla there's Castlevania games were all platform. Well, the, the good Castlevania games, pardon me, were platform. Once it got to 3D, I think they ruined it. But that's just me. And then they got a little weird with the story, too. Just just a little. But uh, when they left things simple and to the point, it was better back in the day. And that's kind of how I feel about almost everything in this world. <laughs> Rather than overcomplicating everything. Um, somebody who I thought was simple and to the point, but just did a damn good job. And is still with the Minnesota Wild Organization, as they call it, in Canada organization, or Canadian people would. Brad Bombardier, I thought, was underappreciated. Um, the only problem with him was he couldn't stay freaking healthy. But when he was healthy, his hockey IQ was so awesome. I absolutely loved Brad Bombardier. I wish I could have the whole uh, roster in front of me over the years. Otherwise, there's draft picks. But um, there have been players that have been signed. I mean, Jim Dowd, father of Nick Dowd, obviously Jim Dowd was so valuable at times. Wes Walls had his value, but people are probably 
So there's a lot of people that are tired of him because they just don't like the whole Minnesota Wild broadcasting crew on TV. Um, trying to think of others that were actually underappreciated. Um, some people might say Koivu. Others would say he's much overappreciated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say <laughs> me and Derek maybe think he's a tiny bit overappreciated. But yeah, sorry. I don't want to piss in. I mean, I don't want to start any type of argument here with anyone. Um, maybe I did. Certainly not Matt Foy. I mean, I, I mean, I'm strongly leaning towards Brad Bombardier. I mean, I really loved what he brought, and I wish he got to stay longer. This and that. I, when he was healthy, the Minnesota Wild played so much better. And hey, it's back in the day, just like Castlevania too. Brad Bombardier was in the first three years, um, and when he was healthy during that great season of 2003, 2002, 2003, that is, when he was healthy, the Wild looked like they could win a Stanley Cup, and that might sound like, really, Joey, Brad Bombardier helping the Wild win a cup. Well, every piece counts, and Brad Bombardier was a piece to that team, and he brought a lot of value to the Minnesota Wild when he was healthy. So that, that's the name I have always come up with of, of people that may have been a bit underappreciated. <clears throat> it's not just because I was this, this fanboy, like, Minnesota Wild, oh, you know, they can do no wrong, and oh, I just love this guy, and I love that guy, and no, I mean Brad Bombardier. I, I thought he was a, I thought he was a very valuable piece. And again, in that 03 season, hey, he had a career high in points that year. He had a career high in, <laughs> in the first season for Minnesota as well. Missed a ton of time in 0102. I believe it was a significant knee injury that year. And then, gosh, dang it, the guy was hurt going into the playoffs in 03, which was just depressing because he he was playing so well. And it's not just the points, obviously. It was a lot of the little things he would do. That would that would really change things. Like he'd, he'd you know he'd he'd win battles, and you know po the poke checks and such and the back checks, he was so good at all of that. Um, no, but yep, he's still working with the wild player development at age forty nine years of age. With uh, Matt Hendricks as well, the offense and defensive side and such player development. So. Uh, defense, yeah, because before it was just Brad Bombardier, and then you bring in Matt Hendricks to help with the offensive side, so that's smart, obviously. And then Koivu could help with the European side, which I think is pretty cool. So thank you very much there, Miko Koivu, joining the Minnesota Wild organization uh, in in uh, in that form. Not not as a player anymore, obviously, because he's you know getting up. <laughs> obviously, it's uh, it's it was time to time to move on, unfortunately. But uh, long story longer, Brad Bombardier. Okay, <laughs> Brad Bombardier, underappreciated. There, there probably are better examples in some people's eyes, like bigger names and such, but that's who I can come up with at the moment because I always think about that. Derek says, who were the top five toughest Minnesota Wild players of all time? Marcus Foligno, number one. Number two, Matt Johnson, Derek Bugard, for sure. I'd say Derek Bugard over Matt Johnson because Johnson got tired of it and retired. And, well, he's still alive, which is good. Poor Derek Brugard. He ended up, you know, yeah. Yep. He just was, he, he went in too far, basically. And uh, the painkillers combined with the alcohol ended up doing him in. Just uh, depressing. You know, painkillers and alcohol, it just mm, breaks my heart when I think about that. Top five, though. Um, sometimes Live End, Blue End look like a real, I mean, he could be really tough at times. That's kind of a name I'm thinking about. Uh, there have been many. Uh, I, I liked Clayton Stoner for a minute, but uh, I don't think he's in the top five. The three guys I mentioned are definitely, like, they're shoe-ins. Like, you cannot say no. Uh, Kel Clutterbuck was not, because he would just hit people, but he would never, he would never, like, he would never fight the person when they wanted it. They wanted to go at it, and he'd just skate away. And actually, that would just cause ag agitation from the other team, and that didn't actually help us. So I can't give it to him. Uh, no, um, there was a lot of, actually, a lot of players didn't like Cal Clutterbuck from what I've heard over the years. So, um, trying to think, though, five. Why'd you have to say five? That's too many. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing you. Sliven Blue End was a really tough guy. Uh, <clears throat> he was. I actually like Sliven Blue End, but that's kind of too almost too far back. But so is Matt Johnson. Uh, and obviously there haven't been many, quote-unquote, tough guys there was a time there weren't a whole lot of those during the Wilds' tenure. I'm trying to remember some names. Alex Henry was pretty tough, I thought. He would get it, he would mix it up a bit. Uh, Andy Sutton, that's, those are guys way, way, way back at the beginning. Why did I wind up on the Blues here? Uh, but, like, let's try, like, 13-ish. 
trying to remember some names. Yeah, Stoner was up there. Mike Rupp was tough. He was tough, but he only played here like half a year. We traded for him. Zenon Kanapka was pretty tough. He could win a face-off, and he could win a face-off. He could get in a fight. He he, he was tough. I liked him. So maybe he'll be in the top five at the very least. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, toughest doesn't always mean you're out there fighting people. Number five is number 97 because, I mean, look at the hits he takes and how he's, he just jumps right back up. So number five is Kirill Kaprizov. Um, toughness in terms of durability and able to take a hit and such like that. So I will give it to him. Uh, and he's not just looking for like, to mix stuff up and annoy people like Cal Clutterbuck was. Cal Clutter bleep. I'm sure he heard that name 100 million times over his life. Kirill Kaprizov. So, yep, that will go with... Uh, who did I have? Felino, uh, Bugard, Matt Johnson, Kanapka, and Kirill. The thrill is for real. <laughs> so, yes, I babble too much, but I mean, I love these questions, and I hope you don't mind that I hope you don't mind that I kind of go into them. Derek again says, "What are, in your opinion, the top five hockey video games of all time for any console or for PC? What are the top five RPGs of all time for any console or PC?" Whoa! <laughs> well, all right. Top five all time. It might be kind of RPGs all the all the way, but um, for RPGs, see, it might I might end up kind of like milking them together here, which I'm not trying to. But RPGs are in my top category. But I'm gonna try to have. Uh, oh, it's a top five hockey consoles. Oh boy, that might be tough. NHL '95 is number one for sure on the Super Nintendo. Ah, uh, boy, I. Blades of Steel is, is in the list. I don't know if it's top five. I don't know if it's uh, Blades of Steel's on the list for sure. I'm sorry. Good thing good thing you said hockey video games. I'm like, whoops. Um, so NHL 95, number one, in my opinion. Blades of Steel is on the list. Uh, maybe four, five, three. It doesn't really matter. I'll just put them in uh, kind of together. I really like the uh, hockey game on the uh, that still had the North Stars for the second Genesis. It's actually really good. I think it's was it NHL 92? Was that what it's called? Or NHL PA 92 for the Sega Genesis? It still had the North Stars on it, and I thought that was really cool. And it actually had the old North Stars logo on the cover because the North Stars went to the Stanley Cup final that year. Finals that year. So that's the third one. Uh, ice Hockey is an absolute classic. You might think that's crazy, but yeah, and I put that song, I put the, like, the main song when they're out playing, basically, on every episode. It's just such a classic. And I'm an old schooler, so I'm going to go with that. And I have to go with it. I'm sorry. People might be just rolling their eyes right now. But I'm, I'm an old schooler. And I like the old school players, too. Because uh, you have all of them. The Kreskis, Lemieux, you know, Theo Fleury. Shout out to Theo Fleury. Let's just leave that where that is. Um, yeah, the Calgary Flames back then, they were they were awesome. Edmonton Oilers, all of them. Um trying to think though I, I don't know if there's a fifth one <laughs> probably like any of the latest you could say because you get all the current players and the best technology uh i would say the latest nhl uh 2k 22 i'd say for the uh for the xbox system i, I would just kind of go that way just to be fair to say the newest bright uh the newest best thing for hockey if there's another one that comes in my head i'll let you know rpgs top five all time I don't know if I can list them in order. I'll just kind of list the five best, if I can do that humanly possible. Lunar the, Lunar the Silver Star for Sega CD, not for the PlayStation. Lunar 2 Eternal Blue for the PlayStation. Both of them deserve to be up there. Uh, both Lunars, yep, for the play, the PlayStation version is better in that case because it's the same game with a little bit better, you know, yeah, it's got more voices. The, mu the music quality is improved and blah, and it's the same music where... For the PlayStation version of Lunar the Silver Star Complete, so to speak, they flipped it up. They completely messed it up. It was so ridiculous. They changed the entire music. They altered the storyline so much that they bleeped it up. They bleeped up the gameplay. So, obviously, the Sega CD version is a million times better. It's an all-timer for me. Um, I'll continue. Final Fantasy IV. Final Fantasy VI. And then it's down to Secret of Evermore. Oh, Secret of Evermore, Secret of Mana, or Final, Final Fantasy Adventure. <laughs> That's kind of a distant one. 
I'll just say, or Earthbound. I'm going to just put Earthbound in there because of how unique it is, and it's it's so cool, and it's uh, people that play it are blown away with the uh, all, all the oddities and coolness of it. Um, at the time, people thought it was weird. I liked it, and I got it for my... I, I wanted it and got it for my birthday back in 95, and I still have it. So I have a very valuable video game in my possession. Complete. That's right. So those are your top five there. Then I go babbling again, but I suppose that's part of the fun of it, right? That's <laughs> part of the fun of it. I mean, this is, it's, it's fun to talk about multiple things, hockey and video games and such. <laughs> Derek Felska says, Star Winger Kirill Kaprizov paid homage to Alex Ovechkin during the NHL skills competition at the All-Star Game, including taking off his wild sweater for a, sweater for a Capitals jersey. Do you think it could be a sign of the future for 97? Hashtag bad omen. I hope not. I hope not. I, I don't think so. I, I think he just meant to pay tribute to Alex Ovechkin. I hope not. I mean, you never know. I mean, you know, like my paranoid side was like, oh, sure, his parents came to the game in the, you know, in the New York Rangers building. Oh, sure. Trying to do an Antemi Panarin, are we? Of course, but uh, there is always going to be that fear. There is, and uh, I hope not. I really hope he doesn't end up leaving on us. He seems pretty damn happy here. He really does, but then it's like when you see his face, and you see the way he interacts with his teammates. He looks like he loves it here. And then comes the off season. And then it's like, what, what's going on? Where is he? What's happening? Like, why, why isn't he signing the contract? And blah blah blah. So there is that fear. And then some of the actions, you know, like signing in the KHL, like he did uh, years ago. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out in faith and believe it's not. But I don't blame you for having a little bit of a question mark up there. Derek again says. Did Chicago Blackhawks owner Rocky Wirtz's comments to a reporter at a town hall meeting make him push aside the Arizona Coyotes owner as the worst one in the NHL? Maybe. Um, that one, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to claim ignorant on this one. I'm going to call ignorant on this one. I deeply apologize. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to claim ignorant. My, my, yeah, I've been kind of locked in with other things, unfortunately. So this one I didn't get caught up on, and I apologize for that. So I'm just going to fess up on that. Mike Mo Moco V 65 at Moco V 65 says, I got to ask, I'm going on 67 years old. I played so many different sports, and after our game, we would pop open the cooler or run to the local pub, slam down a few, and talk about whatever. These podcasts remind me uh, uh, of doing just that. Is that how everyone else feels? Wow, thank you. Thank you, Mike. I, I, I'll take that as a compliment. I will take that as a compliment. I, I appreciate that, Mike. And that's kind of what it is like, isn't it? Of course, I'm slamming down coffee or, well, sipping. Let's just say when it comes to alcohol or coffee, I'm a little more gentle. At least I try to be. Because I, let's just say I get headaches really easy. Uh, Derek Felska says, I'm game for that. And thank you. Thank you. That is really cool. Thank you for that, Mike. That is a, I'll take that as a huge compliment. I, I will. Next one from Mike says, one more thought. I keep hearing trade, trade this, move that, cap, cap, cap. Right now, if anyone would walk into the wild dressing room and ask each player where they want to finish the season, I think they would all want to stay here, uh, would want to stay where they are, pardon me. Anyone else feel this way? Yes. Um, hopefully that doesn't start changing at any point. I don't think last night's game is going to do that. I would hope not. Uh, Felino, hopefully that was a one-time thing where they're like, whoa, Felino, you lost it. And he's going to be like, yeah, I did. I, I'm sorry. Hopefully that's basically all that is going to happen. And I understand the hatred or dislike for the Winnipeg Jets players and such. St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, teams like that, even Chicago in the past. But the, right now the big three is Winnipeg, St. Louis, and Colorado. And it's not even close. Okay, maybe Nashville too. Uh, there's, there has been some blood, bad blood between these clubs. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they're, they're going to continue to stay together. But I do think that is the vibe. And I don't think Kirill Kaprizov is in a, a hurry to leave. I'm just, you know, again, his, his actions made me wonder in the offseason, though. Jay Bushy says, I'm not really liking what the NHL rescheduling did for the Wild. Two exclamation points on that one. He's upset. Yep, 40 games in 77 days. Not good. And other teams will play less which is bad because of practice and, and healing and all that, because, gosh, I mean, you're going to get tired. Uh, the Wild could be one tired team entering the playoffs, or dare I say, miss the playoffs because of the grind. Your thoughts? <sighs> My thoughts are, I freaking hope not, because <laughs> that's about as Minnesota as it gets if, if that were to happen. 
Um, the good thing is we have two good goaltenders, which I think is a huge thing. Two goaltenders you can plateau in a bit, and Cam Talbot admitted that openly. Um, he's not Dibbon Dubnik, where he is playing every night, blah, 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 you know, and he's going to raise a stink, and every time someone scores on him, it was somebody else's fault. It's Dumba's fault. It was, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have a little more protection, da, da, da. It would have been nice if we didn't turn the puck over. That's Devin Dubnik. He'd always have some some snide remark and post-game thoughts, and God, God only knows what kind of stuff he'd say in the locker room afterwards. So, um... I think this team is mentally tough and uh, mentally tough that they can they can get through this. I think the coach and the general manager are a huge part of that. I also do believe that um, the goaltender situation, like I just said, is a huge huge factor for the Wild's hopes going forward. It's not helpful at all. It is going to be tough, but I'm hoping for the best. It it is unfair. It is absolutely unfair, though. Yes, uh, Brian Herrera says. What do you think the name, what do you think of the name Marcus for a baby boy? By the time this podcast is up Thursday, I will have a newborn son and his name will be Marcus. I think it's a good name. I think it's a very good name. Um, and congratulations, Brian. Congratulations, Brian Herrera. Th- uh, and uh, and T- uh, Derek also gave him a congrats as well. Brian said thank you. Yeah, congrats to you and your growing family. Yeah, a- amen to that. Uh, very happy for you, Brian Herrera. Uh, and if you want to call him Marcus Foligno, is like a nickname. That's fun, too. He could wear number 17 out there and beat some people up and score some goals. <laughs> I don't know. But so uh, Marcus Herrera, if, if he's if he's around. It's third, It's Wednesday as I'm doing this show, though, because, uh, again, the change schedule. But congratulations, Ryan. Yep, congratulations, and thank you for uh, the loyalty to the show. Uh, Derek shared Steve Snyder's comment says, can the Wilds sustain the momentum of, uh, excuse me, can the Wilds sustain the momentum in the second half of the season? Do we have depth to compete in the playoffs as well as size? I do believe we have depth. I do believe we have uh, some physicality as well. And sometimes depth, you know, it, it's good to have it, but sometimes there's so many injuries or sickness, there's nothing you can do. It's going to be tough. I think they can. But it's not going to be easy. Let's just put it at that. At that, and that's that's a huge test going forward. I was commenting this game is boring as batshit because it was uh, all those lost battles. Derek responded with uh, the Wild themselves have been the best Jets Jets best defender tonight. Pardon me, getting a tongue twister on myself here. Two more here from Derek, which is always great. He said, "Did the Minnesota Wild buy into their own hype over the All Star break, reverting to the old Wild?" The, uh, the old wild they were, excuse me, the old wild where they felt they could show up, mess around in petty battles or of personal retribution, and then finally show some urgency in the last five minutes of the game and win. Yep, the old furious rallies that uh, uh, Judd Zolgad brings up and a lot of us in the, that have seen the wild the last five, six years in the Parisi Suter era. Um, it did kind of feel that way last night, didn't it? It was kind of like, like they said, uh, the St. Louis game uh, in game one. 2017, if I'm remembering correctly. Amazing season that all just went up in smoke in just a few games versus Mike Bleeping, yo, of all people. Um, it, it did feel that way. Let's hope that was it. Let's hope that's all just in a bottle and we can just move on to the next game. But I don't know. That kind of scared me. Uh, Derek Felska says, Dumba decides to tangle with Anders Lee, gets mauled, and gets hurt. Felino decides to add a little extra after his second fight and will probably be suspended. Doesn't matter what the refs didn't call. Both Dumba and Felino made poor choices. Hashtag truth. Yes. Agree with you 1,000% there. I mean, you said what you, you said what needed to be said there. Um, me adding to it would just be pointless because you said it better than I did. I'll just twist it all over the place. So thank you, and I already am. <laughs> thank you, Derek, for that. Uh, I agree. That was dumb. Um, so with that said... With that said, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm also going to uh, ask you to please uh, put in a review, if you could, on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Stitcher. Those are ones where you can put the five-star and put a review. And on Spotify, you can at least put a star rating. So if you're able to put a five-star rating for Spotify, I'd appreciate it very, very much. As I learned recently that Spotify also does that. I I don't know if that feature's been there forever. Probably not. Uh, One other way to get on board and fan interaction could be with your voice. Use the free voice recording application you may have on your smart device because everybody has it, and you can download them too for free, of course. Um, open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call, and then when you stop it, uh, hit save, 
and share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com I will then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar.com and of course the email address will be in the show description and thank you zumzar for providing that free service to let me convert it into an mp3 file highly recommend zumzar.com there so with that said and yes it is free for small files if it's a huge file then you'd have a subscription maybe you're doing it for a business or something videos and such or music audio or huge podcasts and such um just want to thank you guys for jumping on board once again wonderful wonderful week of interaction thank you always derek Velska. thank you always uh, minnesota wild global scott cavendish david caustic chance caustic david abraham kathy main chad wolski michael fick thank you always awesome awesome page uh, Patrick Turner of Minnesota Wild Nation. Awesome. Highly recommended Facebook pages there. Of course, MNW Prospects, which is also known as Young Guns. MNW Prospects, also known as Young Guns on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, awesome, awesome job. Pavel Bonnet is the the reason why this Minnesota Wild logo looks so awesome. Pavel Bonnet out of Chechia did an amazing job. Uh, kind of started with a rough draft look, which was the white logo that was up there for about two weeks. Converted it into this. I mean, what an awesome job. Pavel Bonnet. Uh, Justin Bakke, who also does the Sound, uh, Sound the Foghorn podcast. Uh, he, he's one of the co-hosts on there. Uh, Brandon Quast. Chad Walski jumps on board there as well at times. Uh, really, really appreciate being a part of that. Of course, I, I would cover the juniors if the Wild had players in the in the queue, as they call it, or the BCHL, but this uh, at this moment they don't, but in the future they will. Uh, but I, I enjoy being a part of that page, and I thank you guys so much for being great friends. For, for a few years now. Um, just want to thank everybody for that in a big way. I didn't think there's anything else I need to say. I believe that should about wrap it up, and I apologize if I'm missing out on somebody or something. With that said, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully Minnesota continues in their winning ways and don't start down spiraling in the wrong direction. 